It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. And welcome into the podcast for this Friday. Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor, along with Chad Brendel and Rick Brewing. You heard where they're from in the open there. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk a little UC football and the coaching search there. We're certainly going to talk about Xavier's disappointing loss to Colorado. Big game for the Bearcats in basketball tomorrow. Is Thad Mata on fumes at, at Ohio State? Kentucky got back on track. And the NKU North quietly putting together a nice little non-conference run to this point. So we got a lot to go. And, of course, we'll have your all's final takes as well. So a lot to get to. But we'll, we'll start with football. We won't spend a lot of time because this is a basketball podcast, but it's obviously still germane. I mean, we're here Friday at uh, roughly 1030 in the morning. Where, where do we stand? Do you expect something to be even done maybe by, by the time the podcast is up? Um, it, it's at that point where – Anything could happen. I was, you know, up through yesterday. I thought it's going to Friday at least. Um, I honestly, I wouldn't expect a press conference until Monday. Right. Um, You're certainly not going to do anything tomorrow with bat with the well, with with a lot of the traveling party going to to Indy for the basketball game. They have graduation today. Oh, okay. And yeah. Sunday. Okay, and basketball and in then between. basketball in between. Right. So I wouldn't expect a press conference until Monday. Um, the the way that this thing has gone, they have been. Incredibly silent. Well, it, it, they've been silent since the Luke Fickle. Um, oh, I mean, they've been silent before then. There hasn't been much coming from the administration. No, from no, the no. Start. But but there's, it's been really silent since yeah. the Luke Fickle name um, got out there. Yeah. What Tuesday ish, late Monday ish, yeah. maybe even. And it seems like since that point in time, you've heard no other candidates. You've heard no other real news. Not even a trickle. And I know you've worked it really hard. And if you're not hearing much, it seems like they've gone to kind of that that hibernation where they may have their guy and they just aren't ready to, to announce it yet officially. Yeah. From you know contacts that that are out there outside of UC, there was some word that they met with them last night. Um, I haven't been able to confirm that on the UC side. I got silence, which I've gotten a lot of. Sometimes the no comment silence is a great comment. Yeah, I completely agree because <laughs> problem is you can't run with if, the no comment you, silence. If you follow me on Twitter, I've been able to shoot down right. all the stuff right. that's been false. Right. I, I didn't get shot down on that. Right. So I can't confirm it 100%, but I would say there's a pretty good chance they met with Luke Fickle last night. Um, as of last night, I was told they're not in contract negotiations. They have not offered the job to anybody. But, I mean, I was told all along, end of the week, and end of the week is Friday. So I think you could see something leak out today. Just curious, if Luke Fickle does become the head coach, what do you think he does for coordinators? Kerry Combs. I think Kerry Combs is the defensive coordinator, obviously. I know. I knew you just, just had it. was just a, it was the dig. The dig was there. It's not That's even not a dig. dig. It's not a dig. I don't mind Kerry as a defensive coordinator. I'm just asking questions. Well, okay, this is obviously a this is not a visual medium, but you asked that with an absolute smirk on your Absolutely. face. Absolutely. I don't mind Kerry as defensive coordinator. I'm not taking dig. I think it would I'm be a good questions. Okay. I think it would be a good addition with if, a smirk. If Fickle is brought in, they know each other well. They've worked together for a long time. Fickle is a defensive guy, so I think he could handle some of the Coordinator responsibilities as Kerry learns yeah, on yeah, the job. Yeah. I, I think it would be a good situation. I think both of them, the way that they recruit in Ohio, would definitely return that focus to you know, the state, as, as Mike Bones said that he wanted on, on Tuesday when he was on you know, local radio a couple yep, times. Yep. You know what that sound is? 
That's the sound of a man spinning the fact that he's about to have to work with Kerry Combs next year. Yeah, but he's, he's going to be okay. <laughs> what have I said the whole time? I don't think he's qualified as to be the head, head coach. coach. Well, well, that is on, all on, I've said. On Monday, you were a little more emphatic about why he should not be at UC than all of a sudden. As head coach. I'll give him that. As head coach. You're making something up that's not there. He did say as head coach. I'll give him that. Uh, and I don't, I'm not as familiar with the Ohio State staff deep down from running back coach to quarterback coach, all that stuff. That, that If there's anybody even on that staff that could come with Fickle to be offensive coordinator. There, there's some t- they've got a young wide receiver coach and his name is escaping my mind right now but there's some some belief that he's going to be a hot name and you might see him come with as offensive coordinator um from what i've heard there's been a lot of uh jockeying for position if they do get that job that people are wanting to come and be you know interested in coming and being on the staff i think they would have a lot of interest uh, in terms of filling out their staff. Last question to this is, uh, obviously Ohio State is, is in the Final Four um, playing for a national championship. What do you do with, with at least if it's if it's Fickle and Carey and we won't even go to the offensive side if they bring an offensive assistant, what do those guys do in, in the next three weeks, four weeks, uh, if, if they're part of this staff and that staff still? It's my understanding Urban Meyer's policy is they stay until – the job is done. And for those who don't, Tom Herman did that. Tom Herman worked both jobs, basically. Yeah, he, he went, he had like a day or two a week. He right. could go to Houston and work. Um, but the thing is, Monday starts a dead period in recruiting. You can still call and and communicate with recruits via now, now the question social is, though, media. Would you, if you're Urban Meyer, would you allow Luke Fickle, Kerry Combs, and if there's somebody else to make calls from Columbus and, and on behalf of UC, or do they take their Monday, which is maybe a coach's day off, whatever that is. I'm on an NFL I, schedule I, yeah. where Tuesday's usually a day off for players. And, and uh, Do they drive down here and make calls from their office at I UC? I think they'd have to. Well, Herman went to Houston. I know he did. I know. So he did. I think they would just hop in the car. It's only an hour and a half I know. away. Yeah, I think it's a pretty simple solution. You drive 45 minutes, hour down, wherever you need to get to the 513 area code. Correct. You buy yourself a burner phone and you go back up to Columbus and make calls. All <laughs> I like that. Stop at a Waffle House somewhere, make your phone calls. Get, get yourself Milwaukee's best. Absolutely. And ju- just, and just pound it in a parking room. lot. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only move right there. Well, we'll find out. Obviously, and it, it seems like it's it, it's got to be close. Yeah, I would think it's close. I, I, the thing that's interesting is they did it a little bit different than a lot of searches have been done. From what I understood, they literally went out and interviewed or, or met with all eight. 10, whatever the final number was of the candidates they had. Um, And then they're coming back and coming to a decision on which one that they want to hire. I mean, all the smoke is behind Fickle. And and if I had to handicap right now, I would say that's probably the way it's going to go. But I wouldn't don't bet be on the shocked. Chalk. Never, don't ever yeah. bet on the chalk. I wouldn't be shocked if something comes from out of nowhere in this thing. Uh-oh. Like? Well, I mean, look at Houston. The, the smoke was Lane like Kiffin, Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, Lane oh, Kiffin. Okay. Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, and then today right. they hire Major Applewhite. That's a good point. I mean, that's a good point. You never know. So it could be Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle, and they hire Kerry Combs. I could see that. I could see that. I just I had to do it. it. Could be, I just had to do it. It could happen. Uh, let's move on to some college basketball. We'll get to UC Butler, a big game uh, for the Bearcats tomorrow, which becomes even bigger because Butler lost, if that's strange enough for you. But let's talk about Xavier from the other night, Rick, and, and they do play Utah tomorrow, and we'll touch on that game here in just one second. Uh-oh. What we got? We got Chad Brandle waving his phone at me. Down to two to three candidates. Okay. So that would be down to Luke Fickle and Kerry Combs. <laughs> Why did I even do that? I know. I just, I, I, yeah, you, you say I, I, I just thought I'd throw that out there. But yeah. Uh, obviously, I give a freaking update. <laughs> and we appreciate that. I do. I <laughs> haven't even put that anywhere yet. I know I that. just checked my phone when you yahoos. Was, was there not a T around for you to set that on? You had to soft toss it to him? Yeah, he really did. Underhand. And I had the giant wiffle ball bat, and I just wanged it out of the park. <laughs> and the fat red bat on that <laughs> exactly, one. Exactly right. All right, let's talk about uh, Xavier from the other night, Rick. Um, we'll talk certainly about the Utah game tomorrow with Larry Kostowiak and the running Utes. You got another one for me? No, I've this got is good. He's going. We, he's, need, we 
need a football alert sound effect. Yes, we do. Here, no, this isn't football. This is. I've just got a disclaimer. Yes. I haven't watched any basketball this week. That's all right. We, you, you'll still know enough. You'll still know <laughs> I enough. literally, it's been 15 hours okay, a day. Okay, so here's what you can do. Search. You can play with your phone for the next five or ten minutes while we talk Xavier. Okay, and you good. can chime in and make a snide comment on something you didn't watch if you'd like. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, Xavier the other night. Ready, break. <laughs> losers to Colorado. Um, you take Trayvon Blewett out of the mix, and I'm not really happy with him shooting 13 threes either, but you take him out of the mix. The rest of the team, one of 14 from three-point range. Last two games they've scored in the 60s, haven't shot the ball well. Alarming or just this is what happens on the road? Well, I mean, it is what happens on the road to a certain extent. It's not acceptable if you want to be what Xavier thinks Correct. they are Absolutely. at the end of the day. Yep. Um, it, it came down to the fact that th- this game to me, especially after watching it again last night, like you watch it in real time, you feel a certain way, you yeah, get a certain yeah, yeah. feeling, you develop certain narratives in your head, you read the message board, everyone's freaking out about certain things. So you think things happen. Well, and it's funny, and, and you wonder why coaches always talk about, I need to go back and see tape. You see things in real time one way, and sometimes you go back and look and you go, Okay, I, I didn't see that little nuance. I didn't see that miss. I didn't see see that good play. That's why, yeah, looking at it again sometimes is very helpful. The first time through, I thought, man, that was just awful offense. They didn't move the ball well. Bad shot selection. They just weren't good in the second half at all. I rewatch and I go, their best players weren't good. Sometimes you got to tip your cap a little bit though, because Colorado had scholarship players too. And basically, what this game came down to when I rewatched it is the fact that Xavier's big three, Edmund Sumner, Trayvon Blewett, and J.P. Makira, weren't nearly as good as Colorado's star players. Now, so, so here's the line. So is that disappointing then? Yeah, it is disappointing, yeah. of course. But I mean, here's the line from Xavier's players: If I told you their big three are going to get 45 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, five steals, three turnovers, um, they shoot. 36.8%, 14 of 38 combined, and 7 of 22 from 3. Obviously not great shooting percentage, but in terms of production... Yeah, 45 points is 15 points apiece, right, right. the 4 assists apiece. I mean, they played fine in terms of, like, that's not an awful performance. But then you look at what Colorado's Derek White, their point guard, Xavier Johnson, their face-up four-man wing type guy, and and, and George King, their, their wing, uh, did. And they have 57 points, 23 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 turnovers. But they shoot 58.5% from the field combined and 64, 9 of 14 from three-point range by those three guys. So if their three best players are outplaying your three best players by that much, that's where you lost the game. And, and those are the guys Xavier's relying on. So to me, I, I went back and I watched, and I, I looked at like the last 10 minutes where Xavier really fell apart. They missed a lot of good looks and then melted down in the final two minutes. Right, they they right. didn't have composure in the final two minutes. But we talked so much about bad shot selection and bad offense. It really yeah, wasn't you, that bad. Yeah, and sometimes it, if your shot selection is good, they don't go in. There's there's nothing you can do. Right. It's the most frustrating, helpless feeling in the world. If it's bad shots and you let them know it's bad shots and you work for a better shot, but if it's good shots and you miss, that's a helpless feeling for everybody. And and sometimes it's like you know we were talking about the ball movement. There's lack of ball movement. Well, on some of the plays that there were a lack of ball movement, it was Edmund Sumner or uh, Malcolm Bernard on one play late in the game driving to the rim and getting fouled and then missing free throws. Right, that didn't help and, either. But I mean, if you drive to the rim and get fouled, that's ideally what you want to do at the end of the game when you're trying to keep it close and. and stay in the game, it's not necessarily a bad shot. It's not bad ball movement if you're getting fouled and then missing free throws. You missed free throws. All right, now this may be a rhetorical question for you because I'm not sure you have a definitive answer. I think you probably have an opinion on this. Rasheed Gaston was killing it for a while, and then they went away from him getting touches. What what happened there? A um, couple things. One, Tad Boyle's a good coach. Yeah. Uh, he made it a lot more. Tad Boyle's a really good coach, actually. I was really uh, pleased with what I saw from him on film and the way they adjusted. But um, Rasheed Gaston's also not one, their go-to player on offense, so he's not a guy that they've been used to running their offense through. Two, he's not a guy that's necessarily prepared to be like make himself available in that role of like, hey, give me the ball every time. I'm going to seal my man, duck in, be available every time for a pass. He's a guy that when they ran sets for him in that game, 
they got him the ball and he finished them. So now, do they need to get more used to that? And that's what, I, yeah, maybe. It, but that was a good matchup for him. He was playing a guy that was very similar. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a long guy. It wasn't an athletic guy. It was a guy who was six nine below the rim, similar to him. So it was a good matchup. I don't think that's like a big concern going forward. But better recognition maybe in the future of hey, our big man's killing their big men. Let's give him the ball as much as possible. Um, I think Kaiser Gates is is a concern right now. I mean, he just he doesn't look right. He's not moving the same at all, and that's that's what you want Kaiser for right. is his ability to move laterally. He's not doing that. He's not shooting it well. He's three of fourteen from three since Ooh, he returned. Oh, oh, four the other night, and, and really good looks too. I mean, he he's getting kick out wide open right. in rhythm threes that he can't put down. It's tough to play him right now, to be quite honest. And they don't—they have to play him. But or they Malcolm have Bernard, to, yeah. They, they have, have to play to. him or Malcolm Bernard. And Malcolm Bernard gave you nothing and, the other night too. They're both playing poorly right now. Right. So I mean, that's an issue. And then obviously, um, you're waiting on the whole Miles Davis thing, right. and that's going to happen. And I don't think it's going to be as soon as Xavier fans want. Because uh, because the initial thought was maybe for after first semester, right? Next right. After they were next, at, they were, next next week's finals. It would have been for the Wake game, basically. Wake okay. Forest. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been told he's not going to be back for Wake. I, I can confirm that now. When exactly is he going to be back? Don't have a definitive answer on that one yet. Don't know how easy that'll be to come by in the next few weeks. Means it possibly doesn't. No, okay. no, I don't. I think oh, I'm unless something else happens. Well, yeah, now and then. yeah. But as of now, like I'm based pretty, on what transpired, one hundred percent, he's coming back at this point. It's already been decided, and they know the date. We don't know the date, okay. but I do know it's not going to be for the Wake Forest game. It's not going to be as soon as some Xavier fans want. I think it'll be a lot closer to getting into conference play. One other thing from the other night, Trayvon Blewett takes 13 threes. He does make six, so percentage-wise, that's a, that's a nice percentage. But is, is that is that way too many for him? Does he need to get to the rim more? Because he is a good foul shooter on top of it. Well, I mean, does Trayvon need to get to the rim more? Yeah, probably. I think, one, he's, he's thinner, he's lighter, he's better a ball handler than he's been in the past few years. So he just needs to do that more because he's developed his game to that point. Right. It's, it's another weapon for him. It's something he'll use in the NBA when there's more one-on-one play where you're not getting a lot of help defense right. like you do in college. Um, but at the same time, in this game, I didn't think that was a problem. He okay. shot the ball really well. He only, the only bad shot he took, really, were the two bad shots he took in the final two minutes. Right. Other than that, every look he took was a good one, even the ones he missed from three. So um, especially when you're struggling shooting the way they were and he's hot, I think you've got to get him as many three-point looks as you can. Okay. All right, let's uh, talk about tomorrow's game. Then Utah, uh, Larry Kostowiak and the running Utes of Utah, they do like to run the run it. Obviously, this game's at home. Um, Xavier's been a very good home team. Do you anticipate them bouncing back, and what would prevent that? Um, what would prevent that is that Utah's a pretty good team. I mean, they're just, they're talented enough. I don't think they're great. They're not. Yeah, they're not. But they're talented enough. But they're talented. I mean, they're sort of similar to Colorado. I don't think they're quite as good as Colorado. But they've got the requisite athleticism, size, you know, all of that type they've of stuff. They've played so. a miserable schedule at this point. And they haven't been great against it. I mean, right. they, they, they got smacked by Butler. And Barely heard, beat, what, beat Utah Valley by seven the other night, I think. Yeah, and I, I heard um, I don't worry too much about those ridiculous games because we see, you know, good teams know, all the time yeah. sleepwalk through those games but when they played butler and well, it bugged me that you give a baby to utah valley though sure um but colorado state put 72 at home on colorado that's true like yep. you know a week yep. ago and then colorado turned around and beat xavier so the biggest thing is you just gotta shoot the ball a little bit better now that you're back at home and you haven't been shooting well on the road if they shoot well they'll be fine the effort's been there the defense has been good enough i think these next five games maybe six games are huge you've got utah at home you got wake forest home you've got eastern washington at home you've got providence at home then you go to georgetown 
um, and then you return home to St. John's, and you've basically got to win all of those games yeah. in your savior. You can't afford a loss right. in really any of those. All of these games are going to be difficult. None of them are gimmies, even though they're at home, except for Eastern Washington. So those other four games aren't going to be easy. And then you get into a stretch where you go at Nova, at Butler, Creighton home, Georgetown home, at UC. That's going to decide right. the season in a lot of ways. So you really don't want to suffer any losses between now and then. All right. Uh, UC tomorrow plays at uh, Butler and Hinkle Fieldhouse. And um, th- this this had a chance to be a really good win if UC could go do it. It's be, it, it still would be a good win for yeah. sure. Um, but if Butler had gone in undefeated as it looked like they were going to, that would have even been better and certainly been better in, from the RPI perspective. But they do lose to Indiana State. Who the hell schedules Indiana State on the road on Larry Bird's 60th, 60th birthday. birthday? Yeah. Bold move, yep. Chris Holtman. Yep. Bold move. Yeah, it didn't work out so well either. I Back would fire. fire whoever is scheduling. Like, not Larry Bird's 60th birthday? <laughs> okay. Fine. Fine. <laughs> we did them a solid. Larry Bird's 60th birthday, you go to Indiana State yeah. and lose. Yeah. That's a good Indiana State. Uh, the, they are. They, well, okay. Solid. They're, Mid-major. They're not good, but... They are dangerous, and they played really well in that game. They lost to Iowa State by two. They lost to Stanford by two. I'm not sure Iowa State is. They're very good. They're struggling. They're struggling right now. They they, they hit a little rough patch. Yes, they have. Um, Sadly for UC, that win may not look as good as it it does. It certainly beats the alternative, which is losing. And that's kind of tomorrow. I mean, it would be still a good win and and a good RPI win because then Butler, when it hops in the the Big East, obviously we've talked about once you're in the Big East for some of these schools, and especially a Butler, you're you're not going to hurt yourself on on many nights in that league RPI-wise. The big problem is you've got to face Butler after they just lost to Correct. Indiana State and they're returning home. home. Like, that's home. just not an ideal situation for anyone in the country. I mean, they had to face Iowa State coming off a loss and going into Hilton Coliseum, and they were still able to get that. It's going to be a grinder. I think Butler's a little bit better than Iowa State. Maybe. Uh, Iowa State's more talented than Butler. Butler's probably a better basketball team, I would say. Uh, yeah, you, you cringe on that, and I don't, I, I don't agree. I, going into the year, there was not a belief that this was going to be a great Butler team. No, but I mean... It's not got, an overly talented got, team. You, they play no. well together. Let's pump the brakes on Iowa State. You got Monte Morris. Deontay Burton's really Monte Burton's good. Burton's pretty good, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, he, I mean, he's good when he's good. He's very inconsistent, and he yeah. was not very good at all. Against but I think, I think he saw the raw, raw, just raw, sheer talent. Yeah, okay, okay. Slightly more talented okay. Iowa State. But uh, Butler, after, after Monte Morris, Butler has, like, you're in the conversation with the next five or six okay. guys. Like, I don't think there's much of a difference. I think it's a wide gap, but I, yeah. think, I think Iowa State's more talented than Butler. Butler's I mean, just a better basketball team. I'm not yeah. knocking how Butler plays or what they – I mean, they are fundamentally sound. They are a lot of things that Iowa State isn't. Yeah. Um, the, you know, that's – the thing about Butler is you're not going to go in there and see them beat themselves. That's – it's not right. – you know, it gets thrown around and it's always corny and – I'm glad Xavier dropped the Xavier way, but the Butler way, as they call it, um, they they kind of do. That's kind of their deal. Like they, it's not pretty. They don't have, you know, a bunch of highly rated kids. Really, I mean, Travis is a, is a solid college big guy, a really solid good college big guy. And Keelan Martin is kind of their their go to guy now. Keelan Martin's really really good, and Tyler Lewis is playing like a point guard of the year type player right now. I mean, he's literally could be in conversation for the Bob Cousy Award with the way he's playing. He's not because there's a lot of really good point guards this year. He struggled. Big time against UC last year, so it'll be interesting to he see. He struggled against everybody last year. He was literally like the worst point guard in the entire Big East and looked like a walk-on, and now he's playing like the best point guard in the conference. I mean, it's that simple. He is playing out of his mind right now. He's a totally different player, and it's a big reason why they're a lot better this year than they were last year, in addition to their defense. 
So what does UC need to do to go in and beat Butler? I mean, it's going to be one, a, a, another 55-54 grinded-out slugfest because both teams are really sound defensively. They're not, you know, they're neither are going to break down. Um, they're going to play at a slow pace. I can't imagine, you know, seeing this game being nearly as – uh, up tempo as the one was. I don't. I wouldn't say up tempo last year, but yeah. Butler played more up tempo last year. I think year. it'll be under seventy possessions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's going to be final five minutes. Who can get stops and who can make shots? And you know, Butler definitely has a better uh, perimeter shooting team. I think they're like thirty eight percent as a team from three. Um, well, so, can I ask you something about that? Yeah. Um, do you see – we've seen Mick work on the man-to-man a lot recently. Well, not a lot, but more recently than I think I expected him to. Do you think we see them go a little more man instead of zone in this game? Not necessarily that it's a huge difference. I know their their zone is not designed to give up three-point looks. They really extend out and pressure the ball. But just from the standpoint of, like, I think back to the Rhode Island game where we talked about they lost just communication a few times where you give up a wide-open three. Six out of Butler's seven main guys shoot the three-ball well. Yeah. Do you think they go man a little bit more just so they don't have to worry about losing a guy? I I think Butler could shoot him out of the zone. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be uh, worked into the game plan to where they're going to be ready to go to it at any given time. Mm-hmm. I think if you see Butler knock down yeah, two in a row, you're not. Yeah, it'll start to freak yeah, you out a little bit. I don't think go, there's. Uh-oh. I don't think there's going to be a long stretch where you see them stick in the zone if it's getting shot over consistently. And I, I think this team is, is pretty well suited to play man, and I think they're getting better at understanding how to play it together. So. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they're the, the Butler. They do. They got six guys, man, that, that really can shoot the ball, and and I think all all six of them are over forty percent, or I think there's one that's you know yeah. right at it. I mean, they're all over thirty five percent. It's it's more it's more just the fact that look, you've got seven guys that you play mainly, and six of them are a threat to hit a three at any right. time. Like not like oh he may step out. It's like yeah, where they're the, looking where for the, a yeah, three. Right. where the rotation is to a guy where you're like, well, he's not going to shoot. I don't have to worry about it. And a team like this, you do have to worry about all of them. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and they're all confident right. are going to shoot any open look they get. I think a big the biggest key for me in this game is going to be on the glass. I think the reason that they were able to go in and beat Iowa State is they absolutely dominated Iowa State on the backboard. Tyler Weidman and, and Shrabbits and, and the, the one other big that they've got whose name is escaping me, um, they, they've got some dudes that rebound there, that understand their role, that, that get a body on a body and fundamentally do well hitting the glass and, and pulling down rebounds. So I think if Cincinnati can, can get that you know, I think last year they won, only won the glass by three. I think you need to get up in the, the like seven to ten range. Yeah, and they out-rebounded with Iowa State by double digits, right? Yeah, 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 twelve, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about that is, I think that's a thing where like a guy like Kyle Washington, a guy like Gary Clark can get them on the offensive yeah. glass because they're not great defensive rebound. They're solid, they're fundamental, but they're not very long. They're not very athletic. I think you can get after them a little bit. Yeah, the they're just glass. solid because they're going to get a body on you. They're going to go body to body and they're going to box you out. Now they will, but you play with a high motor, you got a chance. The question is. Does Kyle Washington pick up one or two silly over the back fouls like he's prone to do because they are so fundamental right. in boxing right. out. Right. He gets frustrated right. on the offensive glass when a guy really gets into him and he tries to come over the top to get it. So that'll that'll be something to watch as well. Yeah, I, th- I think w- against this Butler defense, one, because they're so good when they set up in the half court, you've got to try to push and transition. Any opportunities you get, you've got to go and you've got to score. Uh, take take a quick shot and transition if you get them running because it's the best look. Well, and it's hard to box out in that circumstance too. It is. And then two, Indiana State found success by moving the ball side to side and rotating through their offense quickly. They didn't – it wasn't like – 
oh, we're running a lot of sets and getting a great look or anything. It was just, we'll, we'll rotate Butler enough, and then we'll go to the basket, or then we'll go one-on-one and isolate. And the thing about Butler is they're very solid fundamentally, but they don't have superior athletes or right. length. So right. once you get them moving, you get them helping and scrambling a little bit, they don't recover all that well. You do find well, some creases. You do find some open looks. Indiana State straight line dro- drove them to death. After, the, after they rotated yeah, the ball. That's what I'm saying. When, when they get the isolation and you get the help defense out of position, Butler doesn't recover all that well because they lack a little length. And it's the, that, the help defense is really the key to them. I mean, they're yeah. they're one of the best. Just like just like every. But team. they're one of the best help defensive teams in the country. And you're right. When you can get them moving, you know, then you can attack. And if you just if they slow walk it up the court and stand there and you know quietly pass it around the perimeter before eight seconds left on the shot and clock. And somebody has to force something. This and Butler defense will eat them up. Yeah, yep. because they're very solid and they're always in their gaps. But but when you start getting them moving, you've yeah. got Tyler Lewis, who's really small and not athletic. You've got Keelan Martin, who's not a good defender, not athletic, not very long. You've got their big men, who aren't rim protectors. Andrew Schraub is a slow and, and not a shot blocker Yeah, you better you have to slide and take a charge. And if you're not quick enough to get there, you're not quick enough to get there. Right, so you get them moving, you've got a really good shot to score on them. What's really interesting to me, is something we've started to see them do a little bit over the past couple games. How often do we see Troy Copain posting up Tyler Lewis? Because they have been inverting the offense and, and using Troy and Jacob Evans uh, to post up smaller guards. It'd be, smart. A, it'd be a great move against Lewis if, if you can get the ball into him. I mean, they, they did it tiny. You know, they did it against Bowling Green. Troy got four baskets in the first half in like a five-minute stretch that were all... And who the kickout guys, though? And Evans and and Kevin Johnson and I mean not sure you want Troy being a kickout guy at this point. No, <laughs> no it's a good point. Not no. the way he shot it. <laughs> I, I, no, I think that's a great game. <laughs> Better to put him in the post. In. No, that's a good call. Good call. So certainly, uh, it should be a fun game though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to heading up. I've never been to Hinkle. There you go. You've not? No, I've not. Wow. Oh, wow. Enjoy the old. You, it especially you got it today game, so you get a little bit of uh, natural light coming in, there, even though it'd probably be snowy and overcast. Are cool, the, coolest part of the place is the lighting. I, I, absolutely. Uh, everything else about it is very. You've nothing. been for night games too, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the I've whole thing. Yeah, it's it, it, day or night. It's great. I think day is just so much fun, just because it's so different. It's the, just it's the light it's awesome. coming through the windows at the top uh-huh. that you're talking about. That is cool, but I just like the actual. Oh, the lighting it, of the, it itself almost feels like Madison Square Garden, yeah. where it's lit on the court, very well lit. Yep. Everything else is dark. Yeah. Fall off is immediate. Yep. Off the court. Yeah, no, so, it is. Yeah, it's good. Are, call. The, are the sinks in the bathroom fixed? Water fountains. Water fountain. That's okay. the only thing that Kenny ripped apart. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I, just, I don't think I he washes his hands who, after who, he pees. Who paid, Kenny Freeze who, definitely doesn't wash his hands after he pees. <laughs> That's a fact. Who paid for that? No, I'm, I'm going to – Tom Iser probably. Okay, there you go. Just making sure. Probably took it out of Tom, Tom Iser's uh, – Tom Iser. <laughs> he, he got docked for the uh, gangsters in the locker room incident and yeah. just used that to yep. pay the – It's all on him. Feet. It's all on him. I've, I've abused poor Tom Iser on podcasts this year. He's going to eventually just ban and my those, media The nicest man going. Greatest guy in the world. He really Most is. Most mild-mannered, why, decent why you, human. Why do you have to pick on him? I'm the worst. I'm, I, but I, no, why? No, no idea. Are you that big of an ass? Are you a bigger ass than I thought you were? With Tom Iser a little bit, I feel bad about it now that I just. It's did one thing that. if you pick on a guy you don't like. If we wouldn't have gone down this far, like into the conversation, I would have edited this whole part out because I felt bad about it. Yeah, well, it's too late now. Yeah, now it's, it's in there. It's way too late now. That's for sure. Um, Kentucky got back on track. Really, not much to talk about there. They don't really ha- have much coming up this weekend, so we, we, we can touch we, on it real quick if you want. No, not UK so much. But give me, do one of you two have a great Billy Clyde Gillespie story now that he's retiring? Due to now, I, mean, I don't. let's see the one where he broke Jody Meek's leg almost, or the one where he 
he drank himself silly and tried to drive through a horse farm? Which one do we where do we want to go with this? I should say that, that sounds interesting. <laughs> I I don't think I've heard that one. I, I should say I feel bad. He has blood pressure issues. Yeah, it's just probably related to the alcohol issues. I would think. And he, he said he's retiring from yes. Ranger College, Junior College in Texas, where he's been since uh, where Texas A and M or Texas Tech or wherever he was. He was at, he, yeah, he was at Texas Tech after yeah. after Kentucky. Yeah, so he's been there since. Um, so do, do you want to tell us the? <laughs> no, he just had a few too many pops and okay. took a wrong turn. Not, at, turn not, at Albuquerque. <laughs> not not the greatest hire in UK history. No, and and he was and honestly, and I I I was not a big fan of the hire. I'm just not a big flavor of the month guy. I just don't like it. And I thought Billy felt like a flavor of the month. You think? Um, he did do some good things at A and M. I mean, I don't think anybody would discount what he did there. And and it looked like you know there were some games when he had that A and M team rolling defensively. They were absurdly good. And that always intrigued me because I thought, man, they just lock people. You just don't get shots against them. And it didn't matter if it was a good team, bad team, uh, up-tempo team, slow-down team. I mean, teams just didn't get looks against them. And, but And then he tried to recruit Dakota Eaton to UK. Yeah, I, that, that was what it came down to. He, he almost decided he was going to start this. I'm going to recruit guys way ahead of time and look like I'm ahead of the curve on everybody. And they all all of them. Who was the? Was it KJ? What was the one kid? It was a KG or KJ or? Oh, uh, GJ Villarreal. Yeah, whatever became of that cat? Nothing. The only one that I remember that point. ever ever actually like that was him. Villarreal. Villarreal. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. How about uh, the, uh, Casey Ross Miller? You would like. I think he played oh, yeah. for like three different schools, but you would occasionally be watching a game, and they would be like oh. Casey Ross Miller, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Vinny Vinny Zalo. Vinny Zalo. There you go. There you I go. Think he's still on a team. Like, I think Cleveland <laughs> State to, has him on his roster right now. I thought he went to Western for a while. He did. <laughs> so did I. I thought he ended his career there. So and then did two I. years later, I saw him somewhere else. And then two more years later, he's at Xavier scrimmage him in a in a secret scrimmage. I'll be Cleveland darned. State. Cleveland yeah. State. Okay. The dude's like seven seventy five, still playing uh, power forward for somebody. Yeah. Vin, Vinny's mom and the, Frosty Tips. The, the wildest thing <laughs> is uh, about Billy Clyde was uh, once I saw. Dakota Eaton and Jelon Gwynn, and they both had UK offers. I was like, he's done. He's yeah. never going to last yeah. if those two dudes have offers from UK right now. Yeah, he um, – the, the job was way, 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 way too big for him times five. Weird time in UK history. I'm it sorry really was. It, it really was. Still the best, though, was our guy Alan Cutler chasing, chasing after him. Still the best. Billy! Billy! You may have to drop this and that one in. You may have to find the YouTube clip of that, my friend. I can do that. Billy, don't do this to me, Billy. I can run with you all day. I can run with you all day. Well, oh, so you're not really going to run away from me, are you? You need to get in shape, don't you? I can run all day with you. Your reaction, Billy? Nope. Nope. Get him out. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the, the whole story is kind of sad because it, I, I don't know if you read the whole thing where he even talked about in, I guess, his resignation letter how much he still just loves the pure coaching of basketball. And I, I never thought he didn't enjoy that part of it. It's just talent evaluation and running a program and running his own personal life was just an utter train wreck. You know what, though? I just don't have any sympathy for the guy who loves coaching so much and loves developing kids and all that and yet abuses the kids. Like, sorry. I'll give you that. Sorry. you. Do, sorry. I, 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 don't, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. I don't I'm, – I don't, whatever you say after that point, I can't believe you really love it that and, much. And by the way, as you know, they had to forfeit, I believe, all of their victories at Ranger last year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's just a little cheating. Did yeah. you drop a Todd and Gordo sorry in there? Sorry. 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 Um, all right, let's move on to Ohio State where um, they're 7-2. and two. And on the surface, it looks okay. Seven and two is not bad. One of their losses is a close one to um, 
to Virginia on the road, and, and that's certainly not bad. Uh, they beat Providence by five, and that's pretty good. Um, but you look at the rest of what they've done, including the loss to Florida Atlantic on top of last year. Um, where's this program heading, Rick? It's a good question. Um, I don't think it's like, hey, they're screwed and Thad, Thad Mata can't coach anymore. I think, look, a, a couple years – They I, still have UCLA, by the way, yeah, in non-league. I, I used to work with a, a big, a huge Ohio State fan, a guy who graduated from Ohio State, and he would ask me about the recruiting classes when I'd go on the road in the spring. And I told him right away with that 2014 class when they signed A.J. Harris – to be their point guard. And it was a guy that I didn't think Xavier was after, and I didn't think it was nearly good enough for Xavier at the time. And I was like, that's going to be a problem for them. Well, the kid ends up uh, transferring. They have a few other kids transfer. It wasn't a very good class. I mean, to me, just looking at the roster, Chad, they have, a, they have some playmakers. I mean, Jake Juan Lau can certainly pass the ball and make plays. Um, I just worry. I don't know. They, I think they have a point guard problem to an extent. Like, I, they just turn the ball over too damn much and right. don't value possessions. It, it is. It, it, the, the, the whole part, though, was, was – and you have to wonder because Thad's obviously gone through, um, gone through health issues. And you just have to wonder how all that has impacted everything that, that's going on with him in the program. And that's where the biggest concern comes Correct. in, I think, because the recruiting isn't great. It hasn't been great the last few right. years. And that's where you And then you're right. Work. As you mentioned, then you lost a chunk of the re- of, of, of last year's recruiting class. Because they weren't good enough, quite frankly. Yeah, well, the maybe, last two yeah. years you haven't recruited good enough players, so yeah. they all end up transferring. And then you look depleted. And the reason is you didn't recruit well enough. So that's the big question right now for Ohio State is, has Thad lost the step on the recruiting trail to where he just can't do it anymore? Let me play the scenario out where let's just – I'm just playing it out right now that they don't go to the NCAA tournament and they become an NIT team. And it's – I mean, in that league, it's it's, it's possible. That's what you have to wonder. Is it time to move on? You think already he's – I mean, there's been talk for years that he's ready to go anyway. Because of health. more. Yeah. To me, I think the more likely scenario is is he steps away. If if, if he has a really rough year, I think he may say, I'm just not up to it anymore. And this is going to be tough. This isn't fun. Uh, I'm doing everyone a disservice here. I'm going to step aside. Because he's a good coach. Great guy. Yeah, absolutely. He's a legend and brick breaker. Yeah, a legendary brick breaker player, allegedly. I, like I don't even that. think it's allegedly. I think no, that's a fact. fact. I mean, everyone agrees. I've on seen it. him. I've seen him play two, three hours straight, stay in the same gym. Brick breaker, brick breaker, brick breaker. I mean, the guy. It's no wonder his back hurts. He's he's been doing too much of that. <laughs> in all seriousness, that's not like a slight on him. He just is. He's legendary for brick breaker. I, mean, I, I, I don't. I don't use that as an excuse to say like he's not doing enough recruiting because no coaches actually right. watch the kids they're recruiting. They're all on their phones. That's funny. Yeah. I, I do want to touch on NKU as well, and uh, they they've won now three in a row since that loss that you were at, where you drank a ton of beer at halftime against North Carolina Central, North Carolina Central team that that actually played uh, Ohio State very close in a loss, um, beat, beat Missouri. Missouri. So it's it's obviously a representative team. You know. They're six and three now. Uh, NKU is with the loss to North Carolina Central. Blew a what a seventeen point lead against Austin P. I believe something yeah. along those lines. In the, yeah, in the first half. Let's go, let's go P. Fly is open. Let's go P. That's the best part. But fly that, that was a small. It window. was a window, but that's where it started. The fly is open. Let's go P. That's the second time we've had that conversation. I know. It. On this I, I enjoy that. It's uh, one of my favorites. And they played um, uh, Illinois tough for for a half, and so the six and three start for them, and, and still non-league. They've got Southeast Missouri coming up tomorrow. They got Eastern Washington at home. Uh, Southeast Missouri on the road, then Brescia, which will be an easy win, and then they do play uh, in Morgantown against West Virginia. So that's a that's a that's a loss. But they have a, a legit chance to maybe go into non-league or go into to the league something around nine. And four-ish. That would be a heck of a heck of a, a start in non-league. And I'm telling you, I've been watching some of these other Horizon League teams right. on Synergy. NKU matches up well with them, man. They're 
they're going to surprise people in conference play. I'm telling you, Drew McDonald, we've been talking about for a while. He continues to just play tremendously. The biggest got a big, big game from Levon Holland the other night. That's what I was just yeah. going to say. The biggest thing they have now is that Levon Holland, who's their most athletic player, their point guard, kind of the the guy who can really get their offense going when they're when they're struggling athletically, when they face more athletic teams, more athletic defenses that maybe Drew is struggling to finish against, or whatever. Holland can get in the lane and make plays against those teams. And now that he's starting to hit that stride, that's a great sign for their offense. You know, I mean, you look at the roster. No, they don't have a bunch of six nine guys across the front line, but they've got enough length, probably, and at least enough girth for lack of enough strength inside for that league. You've got a couple of shooters now. You got Levon Holland who can create. You can go nine ten deep, maybe. I mean, they have a lot of good parts um, moving forward. Last year, it was still when you look young. At- they're really young. Young, young. Last year when you looked at them, they still looked like, that's not a Division One team. Right, or at least right. not one that's going to be competitive. It right. looks like, it looks like uh, young guys out there, guys who aren't athletic enough, whatever. Now all of a sudden, you add Carson Williams next to Drew McDonald. Right. Those who don't know Carson Williams, extremely athletic freshman forward. Mr. Like Basketball in Kentucky, which doesn't mean what it used to mean, but it's still Mr. Basketball in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, beat out Xavier's Quentin Gooden for that award. And he's been, he hasn't been great, but in terms of just giving them that requisite Blue size guy. and athleticism at the D1 level, he gives you that. And then you add like a, a grit. You add like a Coach's Jeff son. Garrett son. at yeah. the three who's long and athletic. Good IQ. Yeah, they, so I... I like what I like what, what the direction. He's very serious about his NKU talk. Oh, no, I like it. I'm broken. glad. I'm really glad for that. No, though. I just. I mean, like the the because it's impressive to watch. No, the white euphemisms just aren't good for Carson Williams because he's one of the few white guys that doesn't live up to any of those things. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the athletic. So wait a minute. No, so, he's not. He's <laughs> a freak. So he doesn't have high IQ. It's an okay IQ. His feel isn't very good. His he's skill isn't very he's good. He's not a coach's son. He's not a coach's son. He's more of just an athletic freak. There you go. That happens to be white and undersized. There you go. He's not gritty. Yeah, he's gritty. He's gritty. He's gritty. I'd, I, go yeah. gritty. I'd go gritty. Actually, I'd say that's the the whitest thing about him is grit. <laughs> Toughness. <laughs> Toughness. No question. All right, fellas, here we go. Final take time. Chad Brendel's been on the UC football beat all week, but you always have something that's on your mind that you just got to get off your chest. It might even be the fact you hate Rick right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate him. Blocked him on Twitter. I did. Tried to block me. I, he was going to block me. I think me. he blocked you. He was, no, he didn't. He, oh. he threatened me. Okay. He threatened me. I blocked Rick and Snow. For the, for the record, yeah. I've, I, that's, like, that's helped my timeline out. That's, that's made my timeline in better by getting blocked. So I'll <laughs> see what he's tweeting now. <laughs> it's, it's called improving. It's called thank you. Yeah. Now I don't have to feel bad about not reading your crap. Have you, have you, have you reinstated both? I did. I, it was, uh, okay. it was, it was just uh, a brief. Yeah, brief. Okay. Yeah. You know, shot across. Timeout, like yeah. a timeout. Like a timeout. Yeah. yeah. A lack of mental toughness. He couldn't stop reading what me and Snow were tweeting. <laughs> um, I, you know, this is really hard because it worked a couple weeks ago and I was, I was fully intent on coming in and giving Butler my team of the week. Yeah. Well, it didn't work out so good. It didn't work out so good. But wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Yes, it did. Iowa State. You see, beat that, Iowa that, State that, when you made that, Iowa State. That's team a good of the week. Yeah, but I had a great case for Iowa State being my team of the week at the time. Now, Butler. <laughs> what what but, do you need a case for? You were just trying to get some reverse. Uh, that's a good point, and I will say, I mean, I, okay, I'm going to give Butler Butler's my team of the week. Really good. <laughs> They're really Tyler good. Tyler Lewis, player of the week. Tyler Lewis, player of the week, and uh, you know they they were looking to to test their toughness, right? So they scheduled a game at Indiana State Larry on Legends. Larry Legend's yeah. 60th birthday, yep. and that's something like that. That can propel you. That can no propel you to an incredible season. Uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Lewis and Tyler Weidman 
and Keelan Martin and the guy that spells his name with 46 letters and pronounces it Travis. That, that has that has zero, zero vowels in it, I believe. Just a little pro tip on this one. What you do before the game is you highlight and copy it, and then when you go to tweet his name every time, you just paste it. Paste it in. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's better a good pro tip. That's I used to have a hard time with Shashevsky, and then I learned a little method to that. Coach K. Yeah. No, yeah. No, you got to spell it out. You got to spell oh, it out. You do? Yeah, you do have to spell it out. <laughs> no, so, you don't. Coach you K. You can say Coach K, but you have to spell it out. Okay. If you say so. Krasuski. Krasuski. Coach Krasuski. All right, how about you, Rick Boring? Um, well, it, it, can I do two things, please? Oh, I, I wanna, Christ. I, no, I just want to want more. I want to do this mainly for you because okay. I want to hear you go off on Lorenzo Romar. He, he did ask please. Oh, I, 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 I may be in that camp. Yeah, yes, I don't you, really, yes you can. Okay. Go ahead. I don't really want to talk about permission watched, granted. But I, you two will get fired up. I watched the first half of the Gonzaga game. I did actually watch the first half of the Gonzaga game. Okay, so for those it's the of you, only basketball I've watched this week. And then you watch some really bad basketball on one side of the equation, yeah. brother. Go ahead. For those of you who don't know, Gonzaga embarrassed Washington Wednesday night, 98-71 in front of a nationally televised audience. <sighs> it wasn't audience. that close. It, it wasn't that close. Exactly. Exactly right. What what do you do with Lorenzo Romar, assuming they continue to suck, they continue to be completely How awful. is he still there? Well, you can't, yeah, how can you, you fire him? I'll tell, I'll tell you exactly why. Because he's only making $1.7 million a year. He signed a 10-year extension in 2010. He's getting that 2010 money right now, Skinny. Not to mention that, he's bringing in... First round picks every yeah. single year. He's going to have the number one pick in the draft, and maybe next year the number one pick by, in the draft. And he got housed by twenty six. And so you have Michael Porter Jr. coming in next year. Yeah, he do. He's going to be a top five yeah. player in the class. His dad's on the staff right now. You're he's got a younger brother that's coming in in another season. You're only making one point seven million per year. The buyout is three point two million. What do you do with Renz Romar, even if they're as bad as we – I mean, even if they're worse than LSU last year, with even with Mark they, they look like they are. What What do you do with Lorenzo Romar? It's amazing how poorly they're I, I guess I'd have to look at this, and I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm in the dark on this. I'd have to look at what their attendance is like. If people are still going to games and still paying money to go to games, then I guess as I mean, an athletic director, I, I'm okay with it. And I think that's relevant. I'd have to look. I, I honestly don't know. I think that's relevant because Washington is right now a national brand that people yeah. care about yes. and talk about. And before Lorenzo Romar – they were not. No, they they, they terrible, they'd gone through they, yeah they'd gone well they, they'd gone through pockets. I mean, in the eighties in the eighties they were really good. I mean, there were, there were different pockets. I know, for but them, I think but they had fifty years where they made like two sweet sixteens, and then he made two of them back to back after he took over. Yeah, and that's when he got you know that's they the ten year deal, and you know, it, man, it's a it's such a tough call because. I mean, dude has not that, been to the tournament since two thousand ten two thousand eleven. I know he made back to back sweet sixteens, right? Yeah. Um, that's May- when he got the extension. I believe. No, he went. Uh, he went Sweet Sixteen, then third round. I guess they must have been. Did they, oh, they were first. Yeah, they played in the first four that year. I believe. Okay, I believe. Okay. Um, so they won three games. They won. Was, they won yeah. two games. Yeah, two, two games. games to get yeah. the third round. So yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, on principle, you should fire him. Did go to the NIT semifinals though. Final four. Here's the thing: if you could, <laughs> Final if four. you could somehow get his talent to stay there and let someone else coach him, yeah, great shape. If he could be a GM, they had two first round picks last year and stunk. Nineteen and fifteen. In, in fairness, I will say that one that one's a little weird because the fact that both guys were such big surprises and honestly weren't even that good. Like Marquise Chris did Marquise not put Chris up numbers. Pretty talented, sickly talented. Super talented, but not necessarily ready. Maybe for he th- had a terrible coach. Well, that or- <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. It's being established or right now. The, the other side of this is 
Lorenzo Romar doesn't hold his guys accountable, but he does let a divi- first-round talent go out and do his thing. And, that's, that's, that's brilliant. And then, and then they get drafted. So I don't. that helps him with recruiting. There's no question about it. I mean, you can't say that that style of coaching doesn't help him with recruits. The problem oh, is when you don't ever win doing it, how do the recruits keep falling for it? Rick, close your eyes. Vision Markel Fultz in the Xavier jersey. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he'd get enough shots with JP going two for 16. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> JP would have to move the ball a little bit more, don't you think? Don't you think? Just saying. That was good. I'm glad you brought up Lorenzo Romar because that was just an utter train wreck the other night. And it sucks utter. because Markel Fultz yes. is so good. Yeah, def- so good. Incredible. Defensively, they couldn't have stopped a good high school team. And they didn't have any want to stop anybody. But if you remember what I said on Monday, Gonzaga's really good. They are good. I'm not discounting that and, fact. And Washington's really bad. Did you see uh, Rob Doster from NBC I know, yeah, uh, Sports Talk? He, he had a quote from a, a coach that had played Washington this year that said, they're so effing bad on defense, it's like they've never been coached. Another coach said that really? to Really? Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, and that's not shocking either. Uh, you, got one of the, you said you wanted two. Not great. My pop, Bobby Hurley hit my uh, biggest Ooh. pet peeve from coaches this Oh, uh, here we go. Stop the floor? Yeah. What? Did he slap the floor? Well, that's probably my second biggest okay. pet peeve. Right, sorry. That's, right. that's a Wojo thing. Um, he got all mad because his team played like crap. Played like garbage. Yeah. Hot garbage. And, and they've, Again. Done that, they've done that more than once this Again. year. Again. Again. And so he undresses them and throws them all under the bus and, and reminds everyone that his teams have never had that identity. It's not a reflection of him, so he needs to figure something else out and basically says it's all on the players. But more importantly, that's not my biggest pet peeve. Here is my biggest pet peeve, this part of his quote. Did my play? This was uh, the coaches versus cancer or something. They yeah. had some type of cancer benefit going on. Did my players? This is a Jimmy V game, I think. Jimmy V. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. it was. At Madison yeah. Square Garden. Did my players play as hard as the people that are going through what they go through in cancer, as families go through in their personal situations? I don't think so. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa! He, he equated it to, to, to people going through cancer. I didn't see that part of the quote. I'm sorry, but my school's discovering polio vaccines. Like what the? Quit coaches. Quit comparing college basketball games to real life terminal illnesses and acting like there's some type of link between them. Or your player, your team not boxing out or not guarding ball screens well enough today did not mean they weren't living up to the expectations of people fighting for cancer. What the hell does that even mean? That's so stupid. Quit doing it so that you'll go he viral. Would, on I mean, there's media. a chance that somebody on that team could have had polio, but they don't because, because they somebody in Cincinnati it, it, created yeah. the vaccine. Correct. It's a valid point. Correct. And there could be somebody in their family <laughs> fighting cancer. Got, got nothing to say. <laughs> got nothing to add to that. I did like you getting fired up about it. Though. I hate it. I hate it so much when coaches do that. They were really good against it's Purdue. So stupid. They were really good. Played hard. Fought through it. Really good team. They they let down people with cancer. That's the biggest issue. I mean, wow. All the it's not something you want to – like, you don't want that on your resume. No. no, I am firmly against cancer. I do not like cancer. Yeah, I'm firmly against I support against cancer. It. You can't if go out and play like Iowa wait, State. You can't be against it and support it. I mean, I'm You sorry, support Arizona cancer State. research. You support cancer research. You don't support cancer. I support people with cancer. Okay. I'm against cancer. I'm firmly against cancer. I have okay. a hard line So you're stance anti-cancer. Against, anti-cancer. Hard line stance, anti-cancer. You might, be, you might be one of the five people in the country that are anti-cancer. I'm more against cancer than anyone, any NCAA coach in the world, and I wish all of their players would live up to expectations of people with cancer. There you go. And other terminal illnesses. And, and hope that they don't get polio. Yeah. and I well, thank they God because for, you see help. Thank God for Mick Cronin's university developing a polio vaccine. Dr. Salk. <laughs> you ever met Dr. Salk? 
Harry Giles is returning on December 19th. He is. We talked about yes, that. he is. We will talk about that on Monday, okay? All right, sounds good. But we do that, all right? Every show's a good weekend, boys. Hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll even talk a little UC football again on Monday if they ever name a new coach. You know where we're going? Where are we going? Cuban Pete's. Cuban yes. Yes. Cuban Pete. Yes, Cuban B. Have a good weekend. We'll see you. Thanks for joining us on the podcast here on Local12.com, BearcatJournal.com, and Musketeer. And check out your new podcast. Oh, yeah. that's right. The Two Angry Eyes podcast. It was excellent. Wasn't thank you. We yeah, had a good was, time. You really like it. Uh, Gamble really likes his egg rolls. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys, hang on. You got a Speedway discount on, in your pocket? Nope, even better. Even better, Ricky. There it is for later today. <laughs> the nice. Speedway gift card. Wait, is that I do have gas, to get gas. Is it gas only? No, no. Now nope. you get a pop on the way out. Get a pop on the way out and get me, uh, get me some gas and get me an egg roll. There it's you all go. good. All right, have yourselves a good weekend. We'll see you.